you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast playoff edition. Every week we're going to take a look back at the big happenings in the NFL during the playoffs, what that means for fantasy, and push things forward to 2014. Guys are all here. Jason Smith, Adam Wright, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano. I'm sure we'll get into some crazy stuff as well, but Black Monday is here, gentlemen, and this means we all lost our jobs. So uh, sorry, but uh, we're all going in a different direction. And uh, Jerry O'Connell is going to be an analyst next year, along with Bobby Flay, and uh, so will the Bella Twins. So, Fabs, I appreciate Thank you for your time here. The Bella Twins? Uh, I'll still watch the show in that case. <laughs> <laughs> so who's going to reimburse me for my lunch I just had? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Yes. This is unfortunate. S- send that to payroll. <laughs> if you can they should that. have really stopped you at the door. They really should have. I'm surprised they let me back in the building. Well, do you ever do that like on Black Monday? Like I avoid bosses. Like I kind of sneak <laughs> in and out so they can't, they can't do anything. I'm just kind of like, oh. Like, was Rank here all day? Like, yeah, that's one more day. <laughs> the George Costanza to me. Can't fire me if they can't find me? Exactly. Leave your car in the parking lot for like three weeks? <laughs> He's really working hard. <laughs> I haven't seen him at all. That's the Costanza. <laughs> yeah. But it's a black Corolla, so it could really be anybody. Oh, that's <laughs> there's, a, there's another black Corolla in the parking lot that has a Cal State Fullerton license plate frame, which I would just assume. Most people just believe it's me. Oh, that's the one I keyed. I mean, that that was the <laughs> See, other. Yeah, that's oh, one. Okay. <laughs> you gotta look. You gotta look for the one with the Angels license plate frame. That's oh, right. okay. So that person gets to their car every day and says another note about something <laughs> I didn't say. Well, I, who is this guy that they think has this car? You hit a car and you know how you're supposed to leave a note. Uh-huh. Mine always says that helps no one. <laughs> <laughs> I rubbed up against the car last year. Fabs and I went to lunch, and he was my witness. It wasn't. It wasn't Jason actually physically. Rubbing up against the car. He rubbed his car up against another car. And I left a note, and the person never called me. Is that right? Like, oh, okay. Well, you've done your due diligence at that yeah, point. You're I, off I the hook. Phone number down. You're off the hook. I you wonder what you, happened. I left a phone number. It just wasn't necessarily It wasn't mine. mine. <laughs> I bet you the person walked up and said, who put this on my car? And then threw it away. Then got home and said, oh. Oh, what happened to the back of my car? Oh. <laughs> I don't want this menu. <laughs> All right, let's get into the guys. Some 
fantasy value and fantasy conversation here for some of the head coaches who were fired. Start with Mike Shanahan let go. This wasn't a surprise for anybody. We thought this was happening. We had early reports on Sunday morning of week 17 that Shanahan was going to go. But now here's RG3. He's going to have a new head coach, and we see who's the more powerful guy in the organization. Uh, you know, I see this, guys, and I think this is a great thing for RG3. Mike Shanahan, his whole career, he's never really developed young quarterbacks. His track record with the young guys isn't that great. So here's RG3. I think whoever comes in is going to realize he needs to do his thing, and I think his value actually goes up a little bit from there. Would you consider Jake Plummer a young guy when he took him over? Like when Jake Plummer went to Denver, I thought he did pretty well. He was 30, though. He'd been in the league a little bit older. But the problem is what's what Mike Shanahan talked about in his his, uh, exit interview was that there isn't just enough. There isn't enough talent in Washington, and that was really the big thing to me. And I, 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 I really wish they would have given Shanahan some more time there because they just weren't. They just didn't have the talent. He was absolutely right. Those salary cap restrictions, losing all the picks to get RG three, left that team pretty barren. And you know, you look at the weapon. You had Pierre Garcon, and then a bunch of Santana Moss is still in the league. Like there's not a lot going on there. So it's going to take that team a while to get back and be competitive on the NFL level. The, the guy I think that this helps a lot is in, is Alfred Morris. One, we have we have excised Shanahanigans from our nation's capital. Let's start there. But I think until they figure out who those weapons are going to be, until they get a compliment to Pierre Garçon, whether they figure out the tight end spot, whether it's Jordan Reed, whether Fred Davis comes back, Logan Paulson, whoever it's going to be, I think they turn to the running game a little bit more. And now they're going to look, I think, at Alfred Morris and realize that, look, what we saw his rookie year, this is a guy who can carry the ball 25 times a game and be successful. And I think until Robert Griffin III figures out who he is as a quarterback, whether he's going to be more of a Kaepernick type, whether he's going to be more of a pocket passer, I think you're going to see Alfred Morris get those 20 to 25 carries. And I don't know that he's going to have to worry so much about whether there's a Roy Hulu or Evan Royster or whoever coming behind him, Terry Allen, trying to take some carries here and there. Now, Fabs, you actually let your strategy for next season out on Fantasy Live on Sunday. You said you were going to wait and take RG3 late because you believe in the bounce-back season. Or a quarterback like that. Right, but you like RG3 for the bounce-back. I do, and I like that Shanahan won't be the head coach there anymore because, again, I I agree that this is good news for Robert Griffin III. It's also good news that he's had over a full year now, and he will have a full training camp next season and a full preseason, we expect. Uh, that knee's not going to be an issue anymore. And so he can get back to being the player that he's been for most of his career, both at Baylor and as a rookie with the Washington Redskins. I already started doing my quarterback rankings for next season, and he's not even in my top 12. So think about that. You talk about value, a quarterback who maybe is going to be 13th or 14th off the board in a lot of drafts. Where is he going to be? Maybe round 9, 10? Later than that, Matthew Stafford was I'll around take, 10, 11 last yeah. year. He was I'll 11, take three. that value all day long. I but, won't have Aaron Rodgers. I won't have Nick Foles. I won't have Drew Brees. I won't have any of those guys. But I'll take Robert Griffin III. I know a young quarterback, Mike Shanahan, did a pretty good job of uh, grooming. RG3. <laughs> His rookie season. Pretty good, right? Can we not credit him for that? He did. You know what? Because he, he let him play. You're right. Because his rookie year, he let him play because he realized, okay, he comes in with a unique skill set. Let's let him do his thing. So he mm-hmm. did his thing. Now, second year was more of a mad scientist. We want you to do different things. And also, they were hampered by his knee injury. Right. So he couldn't do the stuff he wanted. But Shanahan still wanted him to conform to what he likes in a quarterback. So I don't know that that was ever a good 
long-term fit from the beginning just because you know eventually they're going to be at loggerheads and you know the the hundred million dollar quarterbacks or not not quite yet but you know the big number two overall pick is going to win yeah i i get that but again we don't know which direction daniel snyder is going to go in and if you look at his history of hiring coaches it's not very good so i'm not and plus you have to wonder what kind of coach wants to go and work for for daniel snyder like who is the kind of guy who's is he if they end up with jack del rio or somebody like that i'm not going to say that they're in a better position going into next year. It's, that's like interns who come in and want to work for Fabiano in the, in the <laughs> fantasy department. That's a tough interview. Yeah, he's a tough boss. Hey, man, the only reason Marcus Grant got Ontario the Hardesty is because of Montario Hardesty when he came in really? and did an interview. Uh, yeah, I, I always I always say if that. If you're out there, Montario, I, I owe you a beer. So you so wait, you, so, brought, you brought Montario Hardesty to the interview? Yes. No. yes. No, no, he no, actually no. Gave, me a, he gave me a ride. The car so, was idling out front the whole time. I have to give people tests. Because people come in here, they think they know fantasy, and they don't. Uh, there's not a lot of people who who, out, who are out there who can do what we do. And I asked Marcus if Peyton Hillis, who was the running back at the time in Cleveland, wow, that's a long time ago, went down <laughs> went down with an injured knee. What would your fantasy analysis be? And out of all the people I interviewed, Montero Hardesty's name only came up once from Marcus. He got the job. Wow, because of Montario Hardesty. And he's I, done pretty well in the last I few years. I owe Montario Hardesty a beer. Now you're on TV. You're doing podcasts. You're exploding. You're he's famous. Only, he's still only getting a beer. You look like Geno Smith. It's pretty good. This has been the year of Marcus. <laughs> and I've had some good stuff happen to me, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right, now we mentioned Matthew Stafford there for a second. The other big news that fantasy-wise talk about what is in store for him next season. Jim Schwartz is out in Detroit. Certainly they're going to keep their nucleus intact. A lot of guys getting paid a lot of money. But here's Matthew Stafford who was asked the other day, would you work with a quarterback guru in the offseason to get better? And he said, no, nah, probably not. How nervous are you about Stafford going to next year knowing there's so much uncertainty around him? I am very nervous about him. I mean, I think he's one of those guys who when Matt Stafford is on – he is fantastic. When he's not, it's a disaster. And I think the bigger thing that we learned this season is that without Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, I mean, it's like it's like any of us out there trying to play quarterback. I mean, the, the Lions offense goes nowhere, even with Reggie Bush in that backfield. I mean, there's just there are no other weapons that defenses feel like they have to respect. That if Calvin Johnson's not there or if he's not playing at his optimum level, the Lions offense is terrible. Matt Stafford still makes awful decisions. I know he has said that he would like to have some input on who the next coach will be for Detroit. I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, he's one of those guys that I think came into this year as a borderline top ten quarterback. And I feel like we haven't learned much more about Matt Stafford just because he is not a consistent option for you. Even though he wasn't good at the end of this year, look at his numbers overall, though. He still finished in the top eight in fantasy points. The one game where Megatron didn't play, he scored 24 fantasy points. That was against Cleveland when Joe Foria had three touchdowns, I think it was. So I still have faith in Stafford. We have to see who they hire as the OC and the head coach and all that kind of mess in the next uh, few weeks and months. But I still have faith in Stafford right there uh, in the same area as a Robert Griffin III, a guy that I will get late. It's the same strategy we utilize with Stafford this season. So so ninth round, I think, was his ADP this year, Stafford. So around there next year? Yeah, I mean, why not? At that point, take a flyer on him, depending on who the head coach is. The biggest thing for me when I look at the Lions and I'm starting to look at the mock drafts, what if the Lions are sitting there? The Lions could use some help uh, defensively, especially like cornerback and things like that. What happens if they get to their pick and Mike Evans is still there? 
Can they even draft him? Like, <laughs> what would, no way. would they burn There's down? No way. Would they? Would wait? He's. What if Mike Evans was the best player available? <laughs> Doesn't matter. And there's Detroit. <laughs> and you're looking. No and you're thinking like, you know what? Mike Evans on one side, Calvin Johnson. I, I can't do it. Yeah. There's no. no way. No. They they cannot draft a, a receiver in the first round for the next hundred years. No, it's always going to come back to that. It's like the never curse of Bobby Lane. It. It's always going to come back. Get your guy in free agency. Get, yeah. Go get Santonio Holmes. <laughs> give him money. Whatever it is, go get your guy in free agency and don't take it. You get instant goodwill by not taking a wide receiver. Yeah, even oh, he's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really you think about it. How long have they gone? Where okay, they know. We have to get Matthew Stafford another wide receiver. We've got to get Calvin Johnson help because he's only going to be able to catch balls in triple teams for so long. And still, every year, the Lions, they're trotting out Nate Burleson, and they're trotting out Nate Burleson again, and well, he gets hurt, and he comes back again. To their defense, they didn't know that Titus Young was going to be an idiot, and he had some upside, and now he's out of the league. And Ryan Broyles, a lot of upside. He can't stay healthy. But you're right. They do need to get uh, a compliment there. Uh, Chris Durham is just not going to cut it. All right, let's move on as we talk a little playoff challenge here. There's your big fantasy impact for a couple of the big coaches let go on Black Monday. But fantasy playoff challenge is a big thing that we do every year here, and it gets more popular and more popular. It's a way to let your fantasy season expand. We tell you who we like for the playoffs as a result, give you our big Super Bowl picks. And, Fabs, uh, give us a little introduction on uh, how to play because it's pretty easy, and you can win a trip to Super Bowl Forty Nine. Very, very easy to play. So basically, you go in, you go to NFL.com slash fantasy, sign up for the playoff challenge. You can actually play in a league against the NFL Fantasy Live crew. If you go to NFL.com slash fantasy slash fantasy live PC, is that right, Chris? Uh, actually, Marcus? just go uh, NFL.com slash fantasy live PC. You can there drop, we go. drop one of those fantasies there. There we go. You, I, we wouldn't I, know that if not from Ontario Hardesty. Exactly. <laughs> see? See? And what you, do is, what you do is you pick players from the postseason teams. Who do you think is going to go the furthest in the postseason? So for me, it's the Seattle Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. And every single round where you have the same player in your lineup and they win, you get double points going into the divisional round, triple points going into the championship round, and quadruple points going into the Super Bowl. So last year, for example, the Baltimore Ravens would have been just unbelievably good in this game because you had Joe Flacco going all four rounds. You had Ray Rice going all four rounds, Torrey Smith, uh, Dennis Pitta, the Ravens defense, Justin Tucker, all of those guys. That is the that is the way to win. Pick the players who will be the most productive and last the longest into the postseason. Yeah, and there's really two ways to do that. You either take a team like Seattle or Denver, who you're not going to get any points week one, but you know they're all going to advance. They're all going to double. They're the favorites to get to the Super Did Bowl. Did Denver? Yeah, Denver with home field. Yeah, but they're – come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, this plays into the strategy. Now, if you think one of those teams is going to make it to the Super Bowl, you, you load up on those guys because they're playing at home. They're the favorites. The other way to win, and Rank, Rank you did this really well a couple years ago, is say, look, if you find that team that can make that run, play the opening round, and get you a lot of points opening round and make that run of the Super Bowl, you're going to – finish even higher than you would if you pick some of those other guys because a lot of people are going to load up on the Seahawks. A lot yeah. of people load up on the Broncos. You find that one team you think can make a run through this postseason, suddenly you're in the Super Bowl and you're not only beating everybody in your group, you're beating all of us. You're, you're finishing near the top. Yeah, this, this is the first year in a while that I can remember where I don't see any team that just looks like they're ready to make that run. Every team in the playoffs seems flawed to me. I mean, I, 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 well, I disagree. I see a team. I'm, I'm big, What about your I'm Niners? The what about your Niners? The Niners just have this, this 
wild magic, card rounds. They I mean, have this magical ability to turn touchdowns into field goals, and it's one of those things that I think is going to kill. I, I call it the bend but don't break offense. Even with that is what they do. back, though? I, it doesn't matter. I mean, they just find a way to get – between the 20s, I love that offense. Inside the 20, inside the 10-yard line, they just find a way to take you know second and goal and turn it into fourth and goal. And it's one of those things that I think is going to hurt them, especially – Maybe not in the wild card round. I think maybe they find a way to get past the Packers. But to run up on a team like the Saints that can score, to potentially run up on the Seahawks, especially in Seattle, I think makes them really difficult. And I just feel like every team in in these playoffs has some sort of flaw that makes them even more risky than I think in any other year. See, I disagree. I like the Bengals. And I, I already made my playoff challenge picks, and I went all Bengals. All the way down the right. I went Dalton, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, Giovanni Bernard, Marvin Jones, A.J. Green. Gresham, for now, he was hurt. He missed Week 17, but it looks like he'll be back. I can make an adjustment to my lineup. I went with Nugent, went with the Bengals defense. They're a team that's close to peaking now. Andy Dalton can throw four picks, and they still score 33 points against the Ravens. And the way the playoffs lay out for them, you know, your argument of, boy, it's tough for the Niners to go in to win in Green Bay, then have to go in and win in Seattle. Whereas the Bengals, they got a Chargers game at home where they should be able to beat this team by two touchdowns. Then they go into New England, and they have the best defense in the AFC. So they can go in and win that game. I think They've already beaten them. Yeah, New England's eminently beatable. I know it's tough to beat them twice in a, in a, in a season, but – they're beatable. Then it's, okay, the AFC Championship game, Cincinnati at Denver, and I'll take my chance with Cincinnati against Peyton Manning any day of the week. And then suddenly I'm in the Super Bowl, and if I get a lot of points, I can outscore people who pick Seattle and took them all the way because I get all my points from the first round. Yeah, it's good strategy. If you feel that Cincinnati is going to be that team, I see them losing to the Chargers. Oh, if they lose to the Chargers, I'm going to torch your computer. <laughs> I'm just wondering, <laughs> the Chargers? something's got to give here because the Bengals can't win in the first round, and the Chargers, well, they're the Chargers. So something kind of has to give mean? here, right? <laughs> Did you watch Sunday? The Chargers are the Chargers. Did you watch Week 17? They, they, won, their, they Chargers, won their game. Chargers got a Charger. They Listen, they needed a win. And they won, and now they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they won. So, Rank, well, uh, a few years ago you had the Giants, oh yeah, which buddy. was a, which a, a really good pick. Yeah, but What's the team this season? I took Frisco. Okay. I went with the 49ers. I could go there. Wow. As the uh, the team, because I see, okay, so, so they're their five seed. So they, they beat the Packers, then they go to Carolina. That's a winnable game for them. Mm-hmm. Seattle would play host to probably Philadelphia. Then I – I don't know. When I've seen – I covered Pac-10 football back when it was Pac-10 football. I've seen this Harbaugh-Carroll matchup one too many times <laughs> to where I'm like, I don't think I'm going the Pete Carroll team, Like I, especially when it's this late in the season. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the Harbaugh team. That's just my, my gut feel. So I'll just take it. And it's cool because then, like, and if the 49ers lose in the first round, then I don't have to care about it anymore. So now <laughs> – and, and to be honest, and this is – I'm sorry. This is going to be real talk, Jason. <laughs> I almost don't care because I this they won't allow me to pick Seabass. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, I said I would rather take a zero as long as I can keep taking Seabass. You got your good luck charms. You know what? Some people have a uh, funny T-shirt or necklace. What mine is Seabass. All right. Now are you loading up with all Niners? All Niners. All and the a way couple through? of uh, and the one. Well, you have to mix them up, you know, because you're not going to put uh, the Michael James or something as right. your second running back. So I pick Packers. So either way, I can go. So I'll have a couple of Packers going in the next round if the 49ers happen to lose. All right. So you Niner, you look so about. So most of your team is Niners. Couple of Packers. Couple of Packers. Last year, the guy who finished number one overall was a rank amateur. Really? They went to the he Super was, Bowl. It's going to the Super Bowl this year. He was. Uh, I don't know if he's going to the Super Bowl this year. 
because something else happened. But he was like one of those because I know he wanted to uh, go on Eisen's podcast. Oh, okay. And he's like the great because he then he won because I put him in a we have a couple of fan leagues that I do just regular fantasy. He won that too. I'm like Jan is the greatest fantasy player. He's had the best fantasy year of anybody. And I put it on our producer Christian Glenn. You got it. We got to find a way to get. He's he's German, so I don't know how we'll be able to patch him in. But we have to find a way. He can. You. They have phones in Germany. He can actually <laughs> call, and we can put him on. What? They're still. Yeah, they still can do that. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what it was like over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fabs. Who do you got? Where are you going with your uh, playoff challenge lineup? Man, I, I'm I'm not getting cute. I, Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. They lost that game at home to Arizona. That was a wake-up call. Better to lose then than to lose in the playoffs. It's a wake-up call. That stadium is so loud. It registers on the Richter scale. And you imagine what that stadium is going to be like in the postseason? It is going to be loud. So you're taking Seahawks receivers too, huh? Uh, You know, I didn't. I took the two Broncos receivers, actually. That's the only – because, as Adam said, you're not going to take two running backs from the same team. So – I went with Marshawn. I have Russell Wilson. I went with no Sean Marino, and then went with Decker and Demarius. And I did that with a little bit of hesitation because I know about Peyton Manning's tendency not to win the big game in the playoffs. So I almost wanted to go with Julian Edelman uh, in, in that spot, but I'm going to just stick with the Broncos, and I ended up going with Julius Thomas, too, at tight end, and then my kicker, uh, Hauschka, and my defense were the Seahawks. I just... Anything can happen. I mean, the Saints lost to the Seahawks a few years back when the Seahawks got in as the NFC West representative, and they were, what, 7-9 and nine that season? So anything can happen in the National Football League. But I just think it's going to be really tough to beat Seattle in Seattle in front of that crowd. It's probably going to be Carolina and Seattle or San Francisco uh, meeting in the NFC Championship game to decide who goes to snowy jersey. I'm not really happy that you guys are all in on the 49ers like this. This makes me really nervous. I ignored all of them. I said Seattle. I'm the only one. This is making me really nervous. Actually, none of us. It was just, yeah, it was just me. I was the only one. No, this I mean, is, and I'm I, good in the uh, in the odd-numbered years. That's when you want me. Like, I nailed that Giants pick two years mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. I nailed the Cardinals. I nailed the Cardinals-Steelers Super Bowl. <laughs> Four years ago, I predicted that as my preseason pick. So you have to pick what? Years. Patriots, Patriots and Niners. My preseason pick for the Super Bowl this year was the Patriots and the Saints. Okay, and you can stick with that. I'll, I mean, the Saints. If they would have been the number two seed, I would have felt really good about it. Yeah, on the I road. still feel great about the Chargers. I, I, as long as the Patriots can knock off the Chargers in the AFC Championship game, I think they're they're in good shape. Chargers AFC Championship game. Well, of course, Chargers will beat the Bengals. They'll go to Denver and. Win. Well, let's say Peyton Manning against the Chargers in the playoffs. I wonder how that'll play out. <laughs> like it always does. And then they have to go to New England, and uh, I think the magic would run out there. See, I thought you'd load up on Chargers then for your playoff run. You would think. Because that, that's a situation. That's why I was able, in with the Bengals, I can take two running backs in the Bengals because they both get the football a lot. With the Chargers, that really lines up. You could take both. If you if you believe in the Chargers, you could take both yeah, Chargers running backs you because can. they get the football But you can't a lot. take two wide receivers from that team. No, you can't. You just take Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's about it. Yeah. Now, that's the thing. In the reason, I, I agree with you on the Seahawks that I think, no, who's going to go in there and, and win games like that? Nothing's but impossible. Of, but, but I think a lot of people are going to do that. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are going to do they're going to load up on the Seahawks. I'm like, if I can do this and they win, I can leapfrog those, you know, those people that load up on Seattle. You're going yeah, out you're, on a You're better off taking a, a wild card team. Plus, when these teams have weeks off to get ready, they don't 
They don't they play t- as well. They t- typically don't well, not play to mention, as well. what is it? It's three of the last four years the team that's played on Wild Card Weekend has made it to the Super Bowl. Right. Maybe even more frequently than that. But it, it seems like one of the teams we see this weekend will probably end up at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, one of them it, will. I liked yeah. it better when there was just one Wild Card playoff team in each conference. So all four teams had to play. Right? Wasn't that the way it happened? It was just the one buy because there was three. There was three. There was no buys at one point, right? Right. No, no. The the fir- the team that finished. I'm not old enough to remember that. First had the buy, and then it was because there's only there was the three divisions. So you had the other two division winners, and then the other wild cards. So like the number one seed got the wild card team, and the two other division winners played each other. Right. Felt that was what. That's better. Nobody should have a buy. I don't know. I kind of like, especially in fantasy, I love having buys, especially since, you know, I go, went out in the first round in our experts league because money had a better week than I did. I'm like, yeah, I really need to get that buy. You need, need to get that <laughs> that's buy. That's good. You know, I don't want to play when I don't have to. You know, right. that, that's the thing. If I don't have to play, I'm okay. I'm okay with the with the rust, uh, you know, from a real football standpoint. I'm okay with the rust because I, I could play the first week and I could have a horrible week and something could happen to me. Yeah. You know, don't want to do that. That's tough. A lot of luck involved in the postseason. There is. All right, so you're, so you're going. You have a couple of Broncos receivers. Yeah. And you have Seahawks. Now All Marcus, Seahawks and Broncos. Now, I know you're not going with your own San Francisco 49ers. No, because I don't want to jinx it. I am actually going heavy on the Broncos with a couple of Seahawks sprinkled in, but I reserve the right to change my mind if something strikes me between now and, and Saturday. What could strike you? Um, Fear and Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, that that's a big one for me. No, it I, is for I me, do. too. I've got it is Peyton. for me, too. I've got Peyton, but I do know Peyton's track record. Stop jinxing it now. Now I'm afraid you guys, everybody's getting on to this. But this is good, though. This is, you know what? This is the perfect situation for Peyton Manning because when he talks about, like, who wrote the narrative, Peyton Manning wrote the narrative. He's the one who wrote, you're the one who loses in the playoffs. Nobody else is making up this story. Your record is what it is. You're 9-11 and in the playoffs, okay? So you've, you've written that yourself. You can shove that yourself where the sun doesn't shine. He's the one who said it, not me. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's going to get two playoff games in the snow. He's going to get a Super Bowl in the snow. If he wins the Super Bowl this year, he puts it to rest. He's the best quarterback of all time. What if worries not, me is a matchup in Denver with Brady in the AFC Championship game. That's the one that worries me. Belichick can beat that team. And that's the. I think that's the team that we're not talking about because yes. the Patriots, for everything that seemed to have gone wrong, I mean, you know, they lost Wes Welker. What are they going to do? Danny Amendola is as fragile as a saltine. I mean, everything saltine. seemed wow. to that look is fragile. bad. Right. Uh, you know, the defense had its issues this year. Vince Wilfork getting hurt didn't help. You know, Gerard Mayo getting hurt. And... You know, they're the two seed. They're, they're the two seed. Tom Brady maybe wasn't a fantasy stud most of the year, but found a way to get wins. And is, he's kind of found his stride the last part of the season. And that's the squad that, you know, I don't feel like any of us are really talking about right so now. So the Patriots, they could be the wild card in this NFL playoff challenge because if you're going with the Broncos, like a lot of people are, then you're looking past Peyton Manning's issues in the postseason, we'll call them. And you're looking past Tom Brady being one of the best postseason quarterbacks in the history of the league. Yeah, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult for me to All say. All right, I'm going Patriots I'm instead of Broncos going now. Patriots now. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked them into no, it. No, I'm not What scared it. you? I'm just trying to think of the last time I opened a bag of saltines and didn't break the first one. Seriously. That's a very right, good, yeah. you know, I didn't think about that, but that's a very apropos <laughs> comparison there. You know, it's like opening the thing of Pringles. You know your first couple are going to be broken. Right. right? And, and then, then the ones at the bottom, too. 
Can't we? Yeah. Can't they fix that? Uh, I don't know. I, it's 2013, yeah. folks. Let's, you know. You've had that red can for a lot of years. Let's advance the technology. I, you know. Today, I took out my phone, recorded a 30-second hit, emailed it to some kid who does a podcast in Great Britain, and that can happen, but then I cannot open the Pringles <laughs> <can>. without some <laughs> being broken. I always make sure when I buy it, I take it and I very gently turn it over just to hear how many little Our, pieces <laughs> fall down the other way. Yeah. And if there's too many, do you I put really do that? Oh yeah. Oh my god. I goodness. put it, and if there's too many, I feel there's too many. I put it back. on no, this is a good one because it doesn't have the broken. It's sort pieces. of like buying fruit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. It's a good it one. Is. By the way, I should I should mention it was first take UK with my friend Ollie Connolly. Very nice. I got to give him a, a shout out because he'll probably listen to this and get upset at me. Well, no, and then he'll, then he'll play your uh, your little thirty second hit again. Where I was ripping him for thirty seconds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to some other fantasy uh, news as we had uh, put twenty fourteen in our rearview mirror and look ahead. We saw a tweet from Ben Tate. I mean, this is not really a surprise, but he tweeted earlier today or earlier on Monday rather that uh, his return to the Texans is unlikely. He said, "Quote: Cleaned out my locker. Going to miss the guys on this team. We have a lot of good people. Everyone was cool from the trainers to the equipment guys. Made it a good time here. Carry on for the rest of my career. Thanks for all the support, but odds are I won't be back. I wish he wouldn't mince words and just tell us he's what going he's, to what Cleveland. Lombardi loved him coming out of Auburn. Loved him. Lombardi thought he was going to be the rookie of the year." He loved him. He's going to Cleveland. How much? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm worried that Joe Banner's got too much control of that team. I could see Ben Tate because there's other teams that need running backs too. Sure, sure. Arizona would be the one. That's the one I like. It would be a good, good fit for him right there. Yeah, they can, they can cut bait on Richard Mendenhall, who's only one, one year. deal. And Ellington's going to be that complimentary guy oh, yeah. anyway. He's going to be, yeah, like uh, Giovanni Bernard, C.J. Spiller, somebody like that who you think, like, oh, my God, I want this guy to take the ball every time, but he's just never going to do it. Where would Tate goes to a situation where he's a number one running back, which is going to happen wherever mm-hmm. he goes because he's got that kind of value attached to him. Second round pick for him? How high in the second round? Where do you guys go for Ben Tate? It depends. Does yeah. he end up on a team with Andre Ellington? Or does he end up on a team that doesn't have that change of pace scat back and he is the man? Second or third round, I would say, and I'm more leaning towards third round. I like all those situations. I like Cleveland. I like Arizona. Even Oakland. Well, no, probably not Oakland, but, you know... Even if he's got somebody there, I still feel that he could be a a, a uh, RB2 for you. Right. Or at the very least, a flex. The one issue, oh, I mean, he'll, he'll certainly be a flex. But if, if you're, getting, if you're getting him that late, if you get him in the third round, because like, chances Maybe are you're going to go. in the second round, and you draft a, like if you have uh, Marshawn Lynch, for instance, as your first round pick, Ben Tate is my number two guy, even, if, be, he's, even if he's splitting If carries. you get him as a flex, assuming that he ends up in a team that's going to start him uh, and he'll be the guy, then that's. That's really good. Well, you could do. You could go for, really first to first to second round running back, and then he could still be there when you pick in the third round. We'll see. I I, I contend that too many people are going to go quarterback crazy, and they're going to see what Peyton Manning did. He's going to score a hundred fewer fantasy points next season, and people are going to be disappointed. A hundred. That, that's still a pretty good season. See that? I know, but that's what I'm saying. The same thing happened with Tom Brady, happened with Danny and Tomlinson. These guys go crazy and put up yeah. these ginormous See, numbers. I think the fear is, though, I think what's going to happen is that a lot of people will start reaching for running backs early that probably don't deserve to go early. But do you think so? Because let, let me uh, I give you an example. At this time last year, did, did Doug Martin deserve to be a first-round pick? 
Heck yeah, he did. Yeah, but I think this CJ Spiller. But I think la- but yes. last year you looked at Doug Martin and said this guy is worthy of being a first round pick. Like I don't know that Le'Veon Bell is as good this next year as he is this year. I think Le'Veon Bell steps back. I think there are a lot of question marks. And if I'm if I'm sitting at the end of my first round and I have a question between say you know a, a Ben Tate, a Le'Veon Bell, and an Aaron Rodgers. I might be tempted to go more the quarterback, but bro, see, that, I'm not sure that I reach at the end of the first round for a running back that I don't think is I that think good. most people out there who are sort of more laid back about fantasy, they're not so crazy into it, they're going to see the numbers and they're going to do that. They're going to go with Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or someone like that, whereas Adam and I, for example, that's not going to happen. You know, I do feel, though, if Peyton Manning loses in the playoffs, that's huge for fantasy because then he's going to try again. He's going to go out. He's going to try to. He's going to try to throw seventy touchdown passes. <laughs> he is going to try to make us forget that he doesn't win in the playoffs so much that he's going to try to go for six thousand yards, seventy touchdown passes, and it still won't matter because if you don't win the big games, you know what? You cannot be considered one of the. You cannot be considered the best of all time. But you know what? So I would. I, I, I start thinking about Peyton Manning like there in the second round, maybe the end of the first round. If he gets, especially if they get bounced in their first playoff game, I'm like, oh, oh my can gosh, you imagine man. if they lose in that oh first my playoff he, game? He, no, no lie, he will throw seventy touchdown passes. <laughs> the next They'll never run the ball. They'll re-sign Eric Decker. They'll go out and get three more receivers. And say, oh, Look, yeah. I, need, I need five wide if we're going to make this. You know what's amazing run. about what Peyton did? He came within ten points of breaking the all-time record for fantasy points scored in a single season. That was Ladainian Tomlinson in 06 when he had thirty-one, and he was just. So if he would have played the second half against the Raiders or something. He had it. Yeah, he had it. But I don't know that John Fox got in his ear and said, hey, Peyton, you got got about 10 more points and and, and you break the all-time record for fantasy. I'm sure John Fox had (laughs) You want to stay in there? Probably not. (laughs) All right, now you guys bring up the quarterbacks. So let's do this. All through the postseason, we're going to spotlight different positions as you look forward towards fantasy in the offseason. And let's start with some quarterbacks here for a few minutes. We mentioned a few of them already today. We just talked about Peyton Manning a little bit, Matthew Stafford. We mentioned him, RG3. But here's some guys who had seasons we didn't expect, both good and bad. Tell me what you guys think going into next season for them. Phillip Rivers, number five quarterback in fantasy. Here he is with 32 touchdowns, 11 picks, likely he has re- rejuvenated his career, had a big gay day on Sunday, not so much the last few weeks, but where's Philip Rivers? What do you do with him next year? I think I had him 12th, 11th or 12th. I don't buy it. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way. I mean, he was great this year. I don't think he duplicates that next he year. He was not good in the second half of the season in fantasy. He had one big game. It was against Kansas City, I believe. Every other game, he was kind of average. Wasn't that great? I, I can actually look at his numbers right now. He was a lot better the first seven, eight weeks. Yeah, he, he was, was fantastic. Awesome. He was fantastic. So... so Let's look at let's look at his last say eight games. Thirteen points, fourteen points, twenty seven. That was against Kansas City, pretty good. Twelve. Nineteen against the Giants. Okay, that's good. Fifteen and then seven. Seven in the championship week, which I had him in one of my leagues and he That's a crusher. Yeah. So not that good in the second half of the season. So Ryan Levinto, where do you got him, Rick? Just outside of the top ten, and a lot's gonna depend. Is Ken Wisenhunt gonna be back? Are they gonna put somebody opposite of Keenan Allen? You know, again, I talked about Mike Evans earlier in the I, I really – Mike Evans ends up going in the top ten. He has to. Once he starts going through the combine and working up. But who's going to be that opposite receiver? Eddie Royal's fine. Uh, Vincent Brown's okay. I, I, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't regard Vincent Brown that, that well if I wasn't sitting next to Akbar seemingly every day. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of guys we talk well, Akbar about went because to, we sit next yeah. to Akbar. Akbar went to San Diego State, as did Vincent Brown. So he always – you know, he, he reps his Mountain West guy. So and it's cool. Um 
So they need another offensive weapon there, and they, they probably could use another piece on the offensive line as well. Ladarius Green, if he steps up, because Antonio Gates plays well in stretches. So they, need, they, they, they have a little bit of work to do. And, you know, of course, so right now Phillip is outside of the top ten, but, you know, let's see what the team is looking like in June because he could easily sneak back up there because he would be supplanting guys like Kaepernick and Russell Wilson and things like that. So for right now, he's at he's at about 11 or 12 because I would have Andy Dalton ahead of him because Dalton's weapons are just superior. That's another thing, though. But Dalton, he's you talk about a guy who's he's not that steady quarterback that will give you 15 points right. a week. He'll give you 30 points a week, and then he'll give you seven. Give you eight, and you're yeah. like, you're, you're killing me. He had seven games with... Fewer than 16 fantasy points. Can and you draft him as a one? No. no. I don't even have him in my top 12. He's not no. going to be in my top 15 probably. I have this if sneaking, he is, he'll be 15. I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to have about six or eight guys who legitimately could be ranked anywhere from like 11 to 15. Oh, you're right. You're exactly There's gonna right. There's going to be so many of these guys. Because like so many of these guys, guys that finished this year in the top 10 – in fantasy points at quarterback are guys that it's hard to trust on a weekly basis. I mean, we're talking about Phillip Rivers and where whether or not he falls off. Uh, Andy Dalton was feast or famine this year. Andrew Luck had a stretch. Where you put Alex Smith? Yeah, Alex Smith, another guy. I mean, the Andy Luck we talked about the late in the season. There were stretches where we just said flat out, you can't play this guy this week just because he wasn't going to perform. I mean, even Russell Wilson. You know, he went from being in the MVP conversation to a guy that you just weren't going to trust from a fantasy perspective because he might only get you 12 points. I mean, there are so many quarterbacks that are just so up and down that it's going to be a monster to try to rank some of these guys. And again, Marcus is exactly right because I've already started to do that. I know Adam's already started to do some rankings, too. It's going to be just one group of guys that are all very similar in value. where do you put Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan's right there with Stafford. He's right there with, say, is he right there with the Brady, Alex Smith, Ben Roethlisberger, RG3? Where do you put him? Uh, Sta- you know, a guy like Russell Wilson? It, it's all a big bunch of quarterbacks with very similar value. So if you don't get Peyton or you don't get Drew Brees or you don't get Aaron Rodgers, pff, wait. You haven't mentioned Nick wait. Foles. He's, he's what do, I think I have him at six. Is he like in a category all by himself? Like you have the elite quarterbacks. You have the, the guys you mentioned that, you know, Breeze and Ryan. And then you have Nick Foles all by himself. And then you have the other guys. Well, is, that, is that kind of where I mean, he is? Foles is there with, like, Brady, though, don't you think? Brady's going to bounce back next season. He'll have Gronkowski back, we hope. All of these young wide receivers will have a full season under their belt. They should do something in the offseason to help him as well. He's, he was 14th in fantasy points this year. I can't see him finishing outside of the top 10 two years in a row. But Foles is now his offseason – Oh, I have Foles ahead of Brady. Yeah, Foles ahead of Brady, but you have him closer to there. Because you're down on Foles for next year. Oh, down on him. You hate Nick Foles for next year. You said it. (laughs) You tweeted LaShawn McCoy that you hate Nick Foles. He's going to be your James Jones. I'm just telling you that. He's going to be overvalued. He's not going to be. People are going to try to wedge him into the second round, perhaps the third round. Production's not going to be there. We've seen a number of these second second year starters come in and struggle a little bit. Russell Wilson had his ups and downs. Colin Kaepernick had his ups and downs. A lot of these guys in their second year as a starter have not played as well as they played during their first year because now teams are going to have a whole offseason to take a look at what Nick Foles was doing, how you make Nick Foles, how you play him a little bit. They were talking about it a little bit on Sunday night where if you get on Nick Foles too, too quickly, you know what, his eye level changes too much. Defensive coordinators are going to find ways to exploit that weakness of his. He's probably going to step back maybe a little. I mean, the guy cannot – you're not going to go the full season 
throwing just what two interceptions? two interceptions it's not happening i mean rg3 threw just five during his rookie season came out this season and then he was throwing them all over the right. place if you're going based on points and you project what he did in what was it 10 starts over 16 games he would have scored 380 fantasy points he would have been behind uh peyton manning it's not going to happen that's like aaron Rodgers. it's not going to happen right that's exactly very similar exactly that so for me if Foles is in the fifth round but I don't even like to talk about these league quarterbacks. I'm not getting any of them. Because you're going you're gonna to I'm not getting no any of them. No, I'm not, I'm not getting any of them. No, you know what gets me about Foles? Foles is, that... is my best quarterback of all of my leagues this year. And I picked him up off the waiver wire. That happens, though. Yeah. That happens with quarterbacks. Yeah. You can get a guy. And you can, and we saw this year more than anything that if you don't have – as long as you don't have someone who's going to torpedo you, like Tom Brady weeks five through eight just absolutely murdered you, and you probably lost yeah, four weeks did. in a row. Yeah, he did. You know, well, you were also the guy that said after the draft, I just won this league. <laughs> Tom Brady <laughs> in, the, in the sixth round. Right. No, it was actually the seventh the round. Seventh and round. it still yeah. was a bad pick. <laughs> I thought it was golden. Oh, that's like the, you're you're like the guy who the girl just does a number on him and, and he swears off girls forever. You know, Tom Brady just did such a number on you. You, for those you know me weeks. better than that, Smith. <laughs> no, I'm talking quarterbacks. Not oh, girls. okay, okay. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm talking about. But the th- the thing I like about Foles is that he put up all these fantasy points this year. He was 23rd as far as how many yards per game he threw. I mean, he threw for 222 yards a game. That's less than Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's less than Jason Campbell. That's less than McCown. Who's the rushing? Job, Eli Manning. He was able to run the football and. That, you know, that's not going to change. And the fact that he has another year in the system as a starter, whereas he had limited reps coming into this year, makes me think, look, nothing's going to change. They're still going to run this offense. They're still going to throw the football as much as they do and run plays every four seconds. So that, that's why I like Foles, because there's going to be consistency from year one to year two, whereas you saw the Niners, they changed their offense early on, and Kaepernick struggled. The, the Seahawks tried, we got to find a way to get Percy Harvin in when he gets healthy, and those guys struggled because there's certain skill sets that they have that teams can say, okay, this is a unique skill set Kaepernick has. We can try to market against it. Here's a unique skill set that Russell Wilson has. We can try to combat that. Here's an offense in, in Philadelphia that does what they want to do, and they're going to throw it up, and they have a lot of weapons. So I, that's why I like Foles, because I don't know that anything's going to change for him that's going to make it a detriment. Other than he will throw a few more interceptions. That, that's something that's going to happen. I would like to see the Eagles get another receiver to help out. Um, you know, I, Riley Cooper, I think, what is he, he may be a free agent, could, I think, at the end of the season. Well, they could bring back Macklin who's a free agent, but we'll see about that. We'll see about what happens with that. I mean, because Deshaun Jackson, for as talented as he is, has a tendency to disappear for stretches at a time. And and the one thing that I noticed on Sunday night from Nick Foles um, that I think is going to happen a lot, I think a lot of teams are going to study what the Cowboys did to him because they gave him fits twice this year. I think a lot of teams are going to study that, and I think what the Eagles need is that slot receiver, that guy who can make tough catches in traffic, in short yardage, medium situations, uh, especially on third downs. Kind of a Victor Cruz type, you know, uh, just somebody that, that can make those plays and can be that outlet when he needs it because you can't always get the ball downfield to Deshaun Jackson. Riley Cooper was too inconsistent. Brent Selleck is not a guy that, that can really, you know, I think be that outlet. That's the one thing I would like to see the Eagles do for Foles this year. Now, Ben Roethlisberger is someone you wrote up a few minutes ago, Fabs. You talked about how he could figure into the picture for next year because he largely went undrafted. He, he's probably undrafted at the end of a lot of uh, teams and a lot of teams, a lot of leagues this year. But he threw 28 touchdowns. And the Steelers, they've shown this is a team. Yeah, 28's nothing. Pitt's yeah. throwing 50. But they're going to throw the football. And this I know. Is, this I'm is just not the, Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. But, but he's, this a, is, he's a two. Right, but he, he's a two. But is he a two with more upside? Like, is he a better fantasy quarterback now than the potential he had a couple of years ago? I don't think Roethlisberger has any upside. I think he's hit his ceiling. He's going to be a guy who can throw for 
at best 41, 42, 4,300 yards, somewhere between 25 and 30 touchdowns total, somewhere in that area. Uh, that ceiling is, is reached uh, for Ben Roethlisberger, but he was a great value. If you look at where he finished, he's right around the top 12 in fantasy points among quarterbacks this season. Ben Roethlisberger to me is Charlie Liebrandt. Remember back in the 90s? Charlie Liebrandt, number 47. Remember back in the, the 90s lefty. when the Braves were winning you know, division titles year in and year out? I and could they throw were, harder than Charlie Liebrandt. But they were built around that pitching staff. You know, so you knew you had Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. You had those. And every year, the Braves were trying out a fifth star. You'd be like, wow, they got that guy? And, you know, like, Charlie Liebrandt was that guy. You'd look <laughs> and you get through the first three guys, a fourth starter. 37, 37. And all of a sudden, you're like... Oh, they got Charlie Liebrandt, too? Uh, you, that's Ben Roethlisberger. He's that guy there he is. who's going to be somebody's number two quarterback. He's not going to be your number one fantasy-wise. And you're going to run up on this team, and you're going to be all happy because, hey, we caught Aaron Rodgers on a bye. I'm going to win this week. And you realize, like, oh, he's got Ben Roethlisberger. You know, that's who Ben Roethlisberger, I think, <laughs> is going to be from a fantasy perspective next year. All right, two guys on the rise. Tom Glavin was 47. Yes, there you go. For the Braves, yeah. 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 Lee Brandt was 37. And then, oh, don't forget, uh, Steve Avery, too, was in that mix. Yes, he was. The, he, they, had a, they had a heck of a rotation. And they won, and they won one. They had a World heck Series. of a rotation. Yeah. Very Peyton Denny Nagel, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, it was very Peyton <laughs> Denny Nagel's one of their fifth starters for a while. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, had, they got him guys. when Steve Avery couldn't do it anymore. Right. And they just like they would just keep going through guys like yeah, that. Yeah, Smoltz, Maddox, Glavin, and, and always Bobby Cox went with Smoltz in a big game. His rookie year was 79 say, with the Reds. Man, I feel old. I feel, yeah, and I feel like Greg Maddox is the best right-handed pitcher I've ever seen. Yet in a big game, it's let's set it up for John Smoltz to pitch. Not mm-hmm. that Smoltz was awful, but I'm like – how do you not put him in the in the position to pitch two, three times in a series? Right. That was always a bit of a shock. That's true, him. yeah. But that's the Braves, and that's the very Peyton Manning-esque. Uh, a couple more quarterbacks, right? Because we bring this up because you're high on both these guys for bounce back for next season. They finished within 10 fantasy points of one another this year. Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan conceivably is going to get all his weapons back next year, and they'll be healthy. Right. Ryan Tannehill, another year, depending on changes with the Miami Dolphins, but did make some nice leaps from year one to year two. Right. How much do you like both these guys? Um, let's see. I don't want to talk too much about Matt Ryan because I don't want people in my league snaking him from me. <laughs> so, But all of Europe is going to hear this. And how, like many, how many European leagues do you do? Two. Okay. I, I don't like Matt Ryan then. So <laughs> that's my official stance on him. <laughs> Go after Tannehill. We were talking about sleepers before uh, for, 2000, uh, for 2014, and I was doing it. Before that Jets game, being like, yeah, Tannehill's looked great. He's been very consistent. And then you watch that game, and you're like, nah, this guy. I, I don't know what's going on with the Dolphins, because that was one of the worst performances down a stretch. Now, you were making fun of the Chargers earlier. You are talking about that was one of the worst performances down a stretch. You went up against two mid-card, out-of-it teams, and the most points you could muster was seven. In two games against two teams that were out of the playoffs, had nothing to play for. And, and Philbin, he's coming back? Like, how is that possible? And then, you know what, you saw the reports, Mike, uh, or excuse me, Ryan Tannehill lost faith in Mike Sherman. Yeah. I don't like that situation at all. I'm going to avoid, probably avoid all the Dolphins, you know. I'm not going to get suck, suckered into uh, looking at Lamar Miller, even though he had a pretty nice game against the Jets. Mike Wallace is probably better than a lot of people are giving him credit for, but even still, I'm not, I'm not too... Uh, Psyched about him. And so now, whereas a week ago I was looking at Ryan Tannehill as a sleeper, I'm now like, meh, I'll just leave him at the bottom. 
maybe a bye week fill-in or an injury replacement. All right, when it comes to next season, Fabs, give me a guy that could be a number one quarterback that's not a number – fancy number one quarterback that's not a number one right now. Some guy you think can make a leap from being a two. You, want, you only want one? Well, all right. Well, give you me got more. a ton. You got a ton. They're going to make the leap to being fantasy could, number one quarterbacks. Could yes. Make the leap. That could make the Matt leap. Matt Ryan wasn't a number one this year. And you think so? You like him for a bounce back? Julio will be back. Roddy will be back. Robert Griffin the third. Cut that part out. Matt Ryan part. That's another one. Robert Griffin the third is another one. Nick Foles. If you look at the numbers based on where he finished, he wasn't a number one this year, but he yeah, will be. Yeah, people were playing him as, as a one this year, though. Tom Brady, he wasn't a number one based on the numbers this year. I think he'll bounce back. Aaron Rodgers wasn't a number one based on the points this season. He'll be back next season. Quarterback is stacked. It's stacked, man. It, it is just as stacked, if not more, than it was last season. I think the the more interesting conversation is which guys finished in the top ten this year that won't next year, like Andy Dalton, like maybe Philip Rivers. Um, Alex Smith was among the top, what, 12, 13? Does he rise up or fall down? Those are the more interesting ones. What about Andrew Luck? There's not been a guy finished this high in fantasy points that people are upset with than Andrew Luck. Well, you know what it was? His his yardage actually went down, I believe. His passing yards went down. Yeah. But his interceptions went way down. That's where he gained points. I think he only scored about 20 more points this year than he did a lot as a, a rookie a lot changed for him when reggie wayne got right hurt. right that, and, and he'll be a bit a lot I, I don't know what's going on with wayne i mean he's what 34 35 i mean he's 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 an older dude uh on uh in terms of uh nfl but they've got to do a little more get luck a little more help there on the offensive line maybe another weapon in the passing game remember Dwayne allen will be back next season as well so i like luck i said all along luck was gonna be a top five quarterback this season i I will admit I thought he'd have more fantasy points than he did, but the the sky's the limit. There's still plenty of upside with Andrew Luck. Yeah, there were there were 15 guys that threw for more touchdowns than Luck did this year. Now he did have a few running touchdowns. He ran for four, but Tannehill threw for more. He touchdowns. He only had nine Carson picks. Palmer. Yeah, there's like he, he he was very low. So if he can get that, you know, you look at all the the improvements the Colts made in in the offseason. They improved their defense, and arguably you can say if they become better than they were last year, they're, they're more of a threat this year. But offensively, they really kind of were kind of stagnant. And if you're counting on just Reggie Wayne to come back next year after ACL surgery and being in his mid-30s, that's a tough thing to say, yeah, I'm hanging my hat that Andrew Luck is going to see a big jump and maybe throw for 30, 33 touchdowns. That, that's t- I, see, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about Luck. Well, we'll see. Is Pep Hamilton going to remain the OC there? I don't know. Ask Akbar. He gets Pep Hamilton into every conversation. <laughs> I have no idea. We talk about Andrew I wouldn't Luck. be surprised if he's bye bye, especially if they get beat in the first round of the postseason. Wait, Akbar's out? You think? Well, breaking Pep news Hamilton. here. <laughs> oh, all right. Come on, we couldn't have a show without Akbar. <laughs> all right, so so let, let's finish the podcast with this. Now, fantasy season just ended. Week seventeen is just finished. Everybody's seasons are done. We're looking forward to the playoff challenge, and we're going to continue to talk playoff challenge all throughout the playoffs here on our fantasy live podcast. By the way, I'm missing the Jason Garrett presser where he says, "Oh, we're we're still a work in progress here, and we, you know, we're we're, we're looking ahead to next season." And I can't believe sounds like you didn't miss anything at all. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't miss at all. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a big I'm lesson. Doomed. That's my lesson. <laughs> As a Cowboys fan, I'm doomed. You're doomed to mediocrity. This is this is your penance for all the Super Bowls in the '90s. It's yeah, I I, I don't even know what to say. You know what? I think in your own me. personal hell, mm-hmm. the Cowboys you're, every year would be just good enough to be in the playoff hunt, and then they'll have a horrendous final loss the last week of the regular season. Listen, smarty pants. 
In your personal hell, that's what happens. What? That's what's happened the last three years in a row. And the Red Sox win the World Series. Oh, wait a minute. This is actually happening to you. <laughs> it's actually happening. You know, Smith, wow, I, you liked know. You, I liked you a I got, lot more five I, seconds ago. I, I got to back away from you. You're on fire. The horns are coming out of your head. Awful. <laughs> awful, awful, awful. Okay, right. I'm sorry. But give me, give me a big lesson. What, what do you take away from the season, season right now, looking back? Because every year we all learn at least one big lesson and say certain things happen. What's the one you take away? Other than the fact that I'm doomed as a Cowboys yes, fan. Other than being doomed as a Cowboys fan. For all eternity. Which we've all known. Well... That you're doomed as a Cowboys fan. The last 17, 18 years, yeah. Mm. Except for that one year we went 13-3 and three and then had 12 penalties and got beat by the Giants at home. Remember that? Well, that was awful. Yeah, yeah you should have won that yeah. game. And you're a Jets fan, and you're saying it was awful. <laughs> we were Imagine eight, how eight. I felt. We were 8-8 eight eight with no what talent. I you learned, were 8-8 eight eight with a ton of talent. What I learned <laughs> was that the quarterback position is so deep that I'm still avoiding it. It's something I've it's, – it's almost like I knew what my strategy was going to be going into tw- 2013 and what happened – this season basically just reinforced it. I'm going running backs early. I am going young running backs early. I'm going wide receivers early. Uh, I am going quarterbacks late. And I hope I'm not playing in nine leagues ne- uh, next season. Hopefully it's <laughs> hopefully it's closer to eight. But I mean, well, it can't, how much closer can it be? <laughs> what a huge job! I hope yeah. I'm not in nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somewhere around eight. Somewhere around eight. Holy lord! Nine is just too much. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't care that C.J. Spiller stunk this year and Richardson stunk and Martin stunk and we had so many busts. I had a, I had a lot of those guys, and I still did pretty well. So it, even people who lost like Aaron Rodgers or were struggling with Tom Brady, you can go on the waiver wire and pick somebody up based on a matchup and get 18 points. Yeah, that's it. You know, you can't. You can no longer. You have lose. to. You have to look at that. Yeah, and you you can't lose your. The old adage also always used to say you can't. You can lose your fantasy draft in the first round with a bad pick, and that's really not the case anymore, because as long as you play the waiver wire mm-hmm. situation correctly, you go all the way. Look, you you were all in. Your three of your first four picks, right, were all guys who gave you basically nothing this season in the experts league, and you wound up winning. Steven Jackson came through. Week in, his 15. Own, in his own backward way. <laughs> Week 15, when I needed him, he came through. He actually had a, a pretty good game, and he was good at If I would have had to have played him in Week 16, he would have been fine too. But, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you don't give up on those late-round picks. You know, you get guys like Decker and Jordy Nelson who for a time, and no Sean Moreno in the 11th round. You know, guys like that will come through for you. And you did it, and you in particular did a great job on the waiver wire. You looked at your team at the end of the year, and you mentioned it briefly in passing, but yeah, had you had a first round buy, your team would have won it all because you were blowing doors off everything. And we got a little bit lucky that you, uh, that money caught you on the right week, but you did a fantastic job on the waiver wire, picking up the right guys. And, that team looked pretty good at the end of the season. Yeah, I'd love to keep my team for next year. We can do a keeper league next year, right? We can keep all our guys from this year. No, sorry, Ryan. I can keep Lacey and Le'Veon Bell and do that. Keep both those guys. <laughs> we should. Like, that, that would be <laughs> ideal. It's fun. It's fun. I, I, I would. I like you know keeper leagues and and auction. The more you go through those things, the more I like those more. The more I do yeah. fantasy. You know, being able to keep players and doing an auction rather than a straight snake draft. But that's when you start getting your irrational like. Like, I will never – like, Tom Brady – I feel so connected to Tom Brady because he's been my keeper league quarterback since 2000 – what year did he get hurt? 2008? Yeah, I think yeah that, the, was, that was The year I drafted him with my first-round pick. I, that was the year. You know what? I, <laughs> but in week, in week 16 of that year, I went out and Tom – the guy who had drafted Tom Brady had released him. So in week 16, I went up and picked him up. 
and he was and I kept him. And then so I've had him, ever, had since. him ever since. And now it's now I have an irrational uh, affection for him. Like I don't root for the Patriots. I don't want I well that's not fair because I go back with Tom Brady all the way back to the Tuck Rule game. You know, like he beat the Raiders. He beat the St. Louis FC. That was the closest I thought I would ever get to a Super Bowl, is seeing those two teams lose in horrific fashion <laughs> in the playoffs. And it was awesome. You rooted for the Patriots in that Super Bowl, Absolutely. Right? Okay. Absolutely. I was all about the Patriots. I, I was working for NFL Publishing, and I had to do the AFC side of the book. So, so about, mid, about this time of year, you would have all the playoff teams, and you would have to get the Super Bowl program prepared as if all eight of those teams were going to the Super Bowl and you're updating and it's getting all that stuff together. And I remember looking through and going through all the scouting reports with Pat Kerwin and everything. And I'm like, I remember telling Kerwin, I'm like, dude, the Patriots are going to win this, aren't they? And he's like, yeah, he's like, they're pretty good and everything. And you know what? And so then, you know what? I I wish there's some other stories I wish I could tell, but uh, a league sponsored side wouldn't allow it. But you know what? I, uh, I had a, so the Patriots, I rooted for them that whole playoffs and, uh, Especially beating St. Louis. That Ooh. might have been the last time America cheered for the Patriots, actually. Yeah, it was charming. we didn't know they had the plays back then. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I'm glad they did it. Uh, All right, this is the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant, Adam Rank. Send us all your fantasy questions to at NFL Fantasy. We'll be back every week in the playoffs to break down what we've seen and look ahead fantasy-wise to 2014, and we'll see if we can get Rank to tell a couple of those stories that he is seemingly backing off of. It's a tease. (laughs) It's a tearjerker from some curtain jerkers. (laughs) A segment we like to call, That Helps No One. (laughs) We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.